0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Inside the Coach's Office. My name is Tom Murphy, Jr. And as always, I'm here with Coach Brian Barnes. And today we have Coach Coach Matt, Kyle McElveney. Coach, how you
1: doing?
2: Good. How you doing?
1: Oh, doing good. Doing good. Coach Barnes, man, how's your day going today? Tom, it's been a crazy one. You know, but I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for this podcast. You know, this is, I think we were talking before the show, week six. Yeah. Already, um, hey, been, grooming, baby. We're, we are killing it, and uh, you know, I'm really excited to talk to Coach uh McElvaney because you know, on previous podcasts, we've had Coach Ron Bellamy from the University of Michigan talk about his time at West Bloomfield, and you know, we had a chance to talk to Canon Dean about the, the Michigan High School playoff system a little bit, and now I'm excited to talk to Coach back because. We're going to get a, a, into a little bit of scheme stuff that we haven't really yeah. had a chance to do yet. And, uh, you know, Coach Mac is is the man when it comes to talking special teams and the power tee offense. And, you know, he's been around the, the clinic circuit a little bit. And so fired up to get rolling with this one.
0: Absolutely.
1: So let's let's get started. Uh, Coach
0: Mac. can you explain just a bit about for people that just watch football but don't really understand? Like, can you describe what
2: that offense is the power sure team. so power t i mean it's about it's simple and you know people say hey it's a junior high offense it's a old school dated offense but it's two tight ends three backs and really it's it's series based football on uh, any given on any play we want to give the the illusion 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 of attacking the a gap the c gap and outside run that's our base series
1: Coach, would you agree that um, he, you know this style of offense? A lot of it is is attitude as well. Whenever I've coached against uh, you know this style of offense, it's you've got some attitude runs in there, and it's a belief that like you know your your guys are tougher than than the dudes you're blocking, and you know what, and you're gonna and you're gonna you know make that a point throughout the game to prove that.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we believe in ten feet football. For us, it's important for us to stay we obviously like any offense we want to stay on schedule but we really believe if we can get to fourth and one we're okay um our head coach adam kiff he's i give him a lot of credit he has a lot of courage when it comes to being in the game he will go for it on fourth down a lot i mean i don't know if anyone watched the 2019 d6 uh state title game but he he went for it on fourth and i think it was fourth and three on his own 20 but it comes down to confidence it's When we run this offense, based on how fast we try to hit the line of scrimmage, we expect to get 10 feet.
0: The offense that you guys run right now with this power tee, it definitely pertains to having some big boys up front and just a blood and guts, three yards in a cloud of dust type of deal. Are your players excited about that, especially – in the age right now, where it's uh, sports center top ten, you know everybody wants to throw the deep ball, you know all sure. the pass, pass, pass. How do you get your players in line to to run this style of offense?
2: So there's a couple things there. You know, first, uh, you know, going with our size. I mean, if you know, you'll look at us, and we we have not had a Division One kid in over twenty something years. Um, we have some good size at the tackle position. We might have we usually have some tough kids at tight end, and our guards are athletic. But you're not going to see a bunch of. I mean, we don't have anyone over 300 pounds. We might have a couple kids in the 250, 260 pound range, but really, because we expect to play with a low pad level and and carry out great fakes, that's a lot of our success. Um, As far as you know, getting our kids ready we've been running this offense at St. Mary's since uh, i want to say 2001 it was on jack Jarmo, who's uh, you know was my coach great coach like a second father to me he's in the hall of fame he started this off brought this offense to smcc so it's been it's been going on you know at our school for over 20 years um, And when kids come to catholic central they know what they're going to get um, offensively we're, we don't change for anyone else we do what we do um, if we have a special talent we'll adapt we'll find a way to find a wrinkle to incorporate them. I mean we're not hard-headed enough to you know spite ourselves but we we've shown you know and the other part too is our success backs up what 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 we do I guess you know for a lack of a better term there um, Yeah we were fortunate enough to be successful. We're fortunate enough to have a a good, good coaching staff full of guys that have been head coaches or have been coordinators that have won state titles that are very detail oriented. And, you know, lastly, uh, the last, you know, kind of touch on what you were saying is, is we have to coach with enthusiasm, even though we may run trap 30 times in one practice, we have to coach it with enthusiasm as much as the first to the last. And, Find different ways in practice to keep the tempo going.
1: Hey Kyle, do you do you um, you know, when it comes to the to your to your philosophy, uh, you know, with this offense, like what you know, I'm always curious. Um, like, are you guys trying to always get like a double team at the point of attack, for example, right? Or um, yep. are you trying to base everything like kind of you know as much as you want to get into what sure. what would you say is a focal point, kind of like what you guys focus on regardless of the defensive front you're going to see.
2: So okay, in an ideal world uh, on the whiteboard clinic talk, we want to get a double team at the point of attack and a kick out. Obviously we don't live in the ideal world and all of us are undefeated on paper too. You know, every play I draw up on paper or the whiteboard has been a touchdown. I'm <laughs> yeah, sure you too. Right. So, yeah. you know, so, um, so when in doubt, we've, we always teach our kids, you're going to block down. We're going to kick out at the point of attack. We do have plays that we base block. Because defenses are good at, you know, good defenses are good at squeezing down blocks. So we have some kind of attitude plays that are more base blocking. But our core power series is, you know, we're blocking down, hopefully get a double team at the point of attack. We're going to get a J block is what we call it, or a kick out. And we're going to try to fight for our three to four yards and carry out great fakes with it.
1: Do you ever, do you ever find yourself in a situation, maybe, you know, based on game plan or based on a, a certain team you're going to see, like, how often do you guys, like, do you go unbalanced here and there? Have you done that? Maybe flip tight ends or flip your line to one side or the other stuff sure. like that, or talk, talk through, talk me through, you know, cause you, you went back to like, and I'm a big believer in like, you know, the keep it simple. Stupid theory, right? You know, and, and try not to do too much because you don't want your kids thinking you just go play ball. Right. Do you guys ever find yourself in a situation where you think you can ma- manipulate a front, you know, by doing things like that?
2: So we believe, you know, I was taught this early when I started learning this offense and really learning the wing T and the power T. you know, is you want to keep a balanced defense unbalanced and an unbalanced defense balanced. So for us, for example, being in double tight three backs, and we, we want to see even fronts, obviously, because your gap is your gap. Um, mm-hmm. When somebody plays us in an odd front, you know, then there's some, we, it gives us a little bit more problems. As far as the answer to your question, do we go on balance or anything? When I was at Dundee, we did do some tight end over, some tackle over. We did some motion to back out. But what I found is, is the more of that stuff we did, the more tendency we had the past two years at SMCC we might have broke the T, I don't know, 10% of the time. And that was really just to get into a wing set or, you know, put a, a wing and a half back on the same side and get into a strong set. But besides that, I mean, we didn't even bother getting into our double tight double wing look or anything like that, just because the more balanced we can be, the less tendency oriented we are.
0: Hey coach Mack, um, can we break down some, some, um, some specialties, uh, like the special teams sure. aspect of high school football. A lot of is it is it's kind of a, like a wayward part of the game, but it's so important when it comes to wins and losses and, you know, field position and, and all that. Can you just talk about the importance of special teams and how you go about, through practice, preaching the importance of special teams? right.
2: So, you know, there's a few things there I can touch on. Um, but one is, is you know, going back to Dundee, I'll say we tried to hit every special team every day. At Catholic Central, we, because I'll give you a little background on too, uh, how, why the dynamics are different. At SMCC, we have to bus our kids to practice every day, uh, two miles to practice there and back every day. So we have time constraints. So while we don't, we may not hit every special team every day. We're going to use as many as we can and we can use those as changeups too, you know. Going back to what I was saying about offense, how we might run nothing but trap for 12 minutes straight. We could do that then say, all right, punt team, quick, get two reps, three reps as fast as we can. Well, now we're right into trap and throw. Then okay, boom, kickoff. Let's get four reps. And really just keeping a track of your reps is more instead of all right, five minutes on this, five minutes on that. And the other thing is this is except for, uh, you know, there's a handful of kids that we try not to put out there, but our, our head coach, Adam Kift does a great job in just letting me, if I need to use starters, I'll use them. For example, our long snapper on punt is our starting fullback who's played varsity football since he's a freshman. Why? Because he's one of the fastest on our team and for, for example on punt we use him as our long snapper because his job is based on the base of our blocking scheme is for him to get downfield and force a fair catch or let the ball roll. We don't we want to eliminate any chance of a return. So uh, we're going to take the kid that was and, and Cole was uh, number was second in the state in the 100 meter and 200 meter as a sophomore wow. in division three. and even though he plays defense, he plays offense at fullback where you take the pounding. We got. I have to use him on punt because his speed is. I mean, it gives us that much more of an advantage when you eliminate a return.
1: Coach, I'm glad you. I'm glad you talked about. Uh, you know, you touched on your practice setup, because that's always, you know, a battle for coaches, you know, how how do they do that? Do you do a little bit each day, right? Or do you try to squeeze all your special teams in one day? Um, and, and that's very important. And that's been a challenge for all of us. And, you know, we're kind of in a similar situation where, you know, not all of our kids live within walking distance of the school, right? So you talk right. about time, re- time restraints and stuff. And, you know, if, if you, you know, try a special team and fit it in like a 20 minute block every day or whatever, then some, you know, kids aren't getting home from practice, maybe until seven, seven 30 and whatnot. And, all that other stuff. So I like, I like how you were, uh, you know, talked about that. And then I also like how you mentioned, you know, your personnel and one of the other challenges, and I'm going to ask you the question, one of the challenges for us, and I think everybody is motivating your kids to recognize that, you know, special teams are, are a huge part of the game, right? We talk about historically, it's still a third of the game. And I go back to, for us in the, in the Detroit Catholic league, our prep bowl game, um, you know, special teams won us a championship because we had a late onside kick to secure a win and, You know, that's something we practice and if we didn't do it, um, you know, maybe maybe the game's a little bit different, but what are some things you do um, or what are some tactics you use to motivate your kids to get them to recognize and and appreciate the importance of the special teams? Like you said, you know, you've got, if you need starters on the special teams unit, um, you, you know, coach allows you to get those guys. So how, what are some of the things you do to get those kids motivated to play special teams?
2: So, so just a few things, and none of them are groundbreaking or shattering. You know, one thing is we do a special teams player of the week that we pick as a staff. Um, another thing is is we film practice, and where it was nice is is our head coach bought a drone. So that's the coolest film you can film view you can get for special teams. I mean, no better way to see lanes and all that. But anyway, I digress. Being able to create a playlist every day of our practice film and even if it's just eight clips and put notes on those so those kids see like hey you know our coaches really are watching and then assigning jobs to our staff during every special team so yeah i may be the coordinator but like for example we'll say punt or kickoff i have two coaches assigned just to coach leverage leveraging the returner so they know that those jobs are important the other thing is this is we put a premium one of our goals on any time we punt or kick off, we want to go. The first guy's job is always to secure the tackle. The second guy's to force the turnover. If we get a turnover, those kids are getting pizza. And you know what? And you know, kids, they'll do anything for basically food or t-shirts, right? So, and actually, it won us a playoff game two years ago against Grass Lake. We had a, a kickoff. We were down, down a score, and uh we forced the fumble on the 20 and end up going in to punch it in with about three seconds left. So when they start to see actually what you're preaching come to life, you know, it's, it works out a lot better, but I think that, and there's showing, you know, the energy and not having coaches stand around socializing and actually coaching it with energy and passion is that's a lot of it.
1: So I had a, Oh, sorry, coach Tom. I had a, uh, I had a coaching friend say to me, when it comes to prioritizing which special teams you you work on the most or what you spend the the most time on. Right. It's, it was always like, you know, what's the one you you watch a game and you think you guys are going to do the most stuff. Right. Well, you know, we don't plan on punting a lot, so to speak. Right. So punt team, you know, we'll, we'll practice, you know, our, our kickoff more uh, than our punt team, for example, because we think we're going to score more than we are going to punt, you know, do you guys prioritize any Um, of your special teams or do you guys do your best to, you know, do, do them all pretty equally?
2: Good question. So for me, and now coach Kiff, he gives me, I mean, whatever, how way I want to do it, I get to do it, which is nice, but, it really depends on the week, but personally, even though I, t- you know, like I said, we go for it on fourth down a lot. I still make sure to try to hit punt every day, even if it's one or two reps, just because. I mean, what way You know, I think what's the statistic if you get a punt blocked? It's something like whoever blocks a punt wins the game ninety three percent of the time. So for me, I'll be you know I'll be darned if it, that's going to happen to us. Um, the second thing is kickoff. I mean, if if we can keep the the, the opponents, you know, behind their thirty five, we'll trust our defense. So,
0: coaches, I I, I actually I want to ask you both this question because um, uh, Coach maker you kind of touched on it already about how taking maybe some of your more talented players, specifically some star players, and putting them on sp- special teams. I wonder about this at the college level and even at the pro level with putting your best fastest back and having them return punts because they're basically out there getting crushed and you're like, no, there's, there's some injury concerns there. So, but at the same time, special teams is so important. And if your best player can get back there and return a punt and take it to the house. So what both you coaches, like, what is the balance with, with utilizing your best players, your most talented players on special teams?
2: So, Go ahead,
1: Coach. Uh, appreciate it, Coach. Yeah, so, you know, we seem to have this debate as a coaching staff every year. You know, you know there is a fine line. We're a believer that you want to develop all your guys in, in the program, right? And, and the guys that, you know, come to practice every day and work hard, and if they get a chance to get on the field, um, you know, that's, that's a chance maybe for them to get on the field, make some plays, and, um, you know, feel really involved with what we're doing, right? But at the end of the day, you also have to – you know, get your dudes out there and, and get guys out there that are going to do the job, right? And are going to do the job the way you want it. And so we've always looked at it as we've got we've got some playmakers that we think when they touch the ball, they can score a touchdown, right? And so we make it a point to get them on the field, whether it be punt return, or kickoff return, et cetera. There, there is a challenge though, when, especially when we, you know, we get a lot of guys that play both ways um, and there's going to be guys that need breathers. So really in theory, I'll sit here and say, yeah, we, we try to get as many, of our best players on the field as we can as special teams. But if it's a close one where, you know, some guys are pretty even, we'll, we'll let the backup get on the special team um, just to get somebody else a breather. But, you know, it's, that is a, definitely a challenge. Right.
2: So yeah, coach Barnes, you kind of touched on it for us. And what I try to do is as, as the year go on, year goes on, the season goes on is I try to mix in more of those kids that, you know, I call them program kids. Maybe they're not ready to be starters yet but they work hard and you can trust them. I try to start to move more and more of those kids in. Now, yeah, we're still going to have, you know, two or three guys that we absolutely need out there, but whether it be injuries or just we look at the number of reps they're getting in a given game, we're going to start to, you know, we call our depth chart, our depth chart's a living document. It's going to constant, constantly change. So We try to mix in some of those kids. And two, we try to tie our special teams goals and philosophy to our offense or defense like for example our punt return ties back into our offense our offense wants to bleed the clock right we want to run the clock and and can you know win the time of possession so we're going to put a kid back at punt return who yeah we trust him to field the ball but you know what if it's if we have to let it go roll that's okay for us We don't, um, especially in high school football, at least in where we and the teams we play, who even though we play some really good teams, we don't necessarily have, you know, see, you know, all-world kick punters all the time. There's punting, I think, is really inconsistent in high school football. So if we let it roll, we let it roll. And we just let our offense um, try to bleed the clock.
1: Hey, so with that, you know, I, I agree with you, right? Like, we're not running into punters who... You know, uh, I mean, they might play at the next level, but not necessarily division one next level, so to speak. Right. Um, So what's your philosophy when it comes to punt return? Are you guys a you know what? We're going to get this thing and we're going to make this dude kick the ball under pressure and we'll take the risk of getting, you know, running into the kicker. Um, That doesn't matter to us. We think it, you know, the, the benefits outweigh the risks anyway, or are you guys like, Hey, you know what? This is our chance to get the ball. Even if we got a fair catch or, or whatever, like we're getting the ball. Do you guys have a philosophy one way or the other?
2: So when I was a head coach, I, I went after every one of them. We would, our, that was kind of like my con cause I'm an offensive guy, but that was kind of like my contribution to defense every week is doing different blocks. Um, now that I'm, you know, not the guy in charge, I'm not the guy that gets blamed on Saturday mornings. We've moved towards more of a return scheme and playing it safe, play it safe, get the ball back to our offense to bleed the clock. So yeah, it's two sided. Um,
1: well, it is. Cause it's funny. I, you know, my defensive coordinator coach Goff, and I appreciate everything he does, but he he's on the side. He's kind of like you, he's like, let's just go after it every week. You know, I'm like, well, you know, there are times if they're back inside their 10 yard line, I know we're getting good field position, right. Regardless, Correct. you know, you know what I'm saying? So I don't think, not that I don't trust our kids, but that's also a 15, 16 year old kid out there. So you know what? Like I'd rather sometimes just making sure we get the ball. So, um, but he's the type that he, he's, he's like, let's just go after it all the time. So I I mean, I don't know if there's a wrong answer either, right? You do what your personality is, and um, sometimes it's game plan depending on the punter we see. and
2: Correct. Yeah. Know, so. Yep, so you just nailed it. Yeah, we'll stop, watch it, stop, watch all their film. If it's, if it's you know, if they're getting the punt off all over, you know, even when I was at Dundee and I believe in just going after it, if he's getting it off in a certain amount of time, we're not going to go after it. You know, it's there's no sense to it. But if we see a slow one, yeah. We I think about stop, we definitely stop watch everything.
1: Yeah. For me, I, I go back to this is college football. The the first Big Ten title game, you know, was Michigan State, Wisconsin. And I can't remember what year it was, but Michigan State was getting the ball back, you know, and Wisconsin was punting, I think, from inside their 10. And I don't know if Michigan State was had a full out rush on, but you know, they ran into the, the punter and Michigan State had a nice return, I think, you know, all the way back inside the 20. And Wisconsin was able to run out the clock. And I remember just thinking to myself, watching that, like, wow. Like, if that's your personality, right, sometimes you're going to live and die with it. But, man, I, I'm sure those those coaches were kicking themselves, you know, wondering if they could have gotten the ball back and scored to win the Big Ten title that year. But
2: um, that's why they pay those guys the big bucks. And those guys have so much more data than us. And like you said, right. at the end of the day, we're dealing with 15-, 16-, 17-, 18-year-old kids. And that's the biggest <laughs> variable of all that – you can you couldn't even put a price tag on that variable. So it's yeah. quite true. Uh, co-
0: coach, man, I want to switch gears a bit here. And, yeah, yeah. and I want to talk about your transition. Um, Cause I think a lot of the uh, high school coaches or, or assistant coaches or whatnot might be interested in this question. You were a, a head coach at Dundee
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then uh, resigned. And, and then went to St Mary's and took on a, a assistant coach role how difficult was that for you personally to yeah, sure. to go from being a head coach a successful one at that and then being like taking on an assistant coach role and have like
1: yeah sure was
0: was that difficult
2: um you know, there's a part of you know at the time, yeah sure, there's a part that when you resign and leave a place that there's always that sense of unfinished business like God, I wish we could just done this or that, you know who doesn't want to win a state title at any job they're at right? There's always those kind of things or accomplishing this goal or that goal. But I'll say this is you know as SMCC is home for me. I graduated from there in 2005 and and really you take in that factor, you take in the the coaching staff we have. That's like I said, there we have guys that have been head coaches, we have guys that have been coordinators in the one state titles. Um, we have good kids. And I, you know, yeah, there's good kids everywhere. But um and to be in the building also as the director of our of our inclusion or special education program and really take into account too, and Coach Barnes, I'm sure you can attest to this is being a coach, especially, it takes a toll on your family life. I don't care how much, how good you are being a time management, It's it takes a toll. And for that time of my life, um, I have a five-year-old, he's five, five years old now. Um, I wanted to make sure I was a good dad, too. Um, and I wanted to be able to take care of my health because I was getting to the point to where I was so consumed by I mean, you know, Coach, I mean, Coach Barnes, you can test this. You're on call, 365, no matter what. It could be basketball season, and you're still on call. We all have those kids that need us all the time, and I I just felt at the time I needed to take care of my physical health, my mental health, my family. If it was any other school maybe, I don't know if I would have done it, but to go home, and I really do think SMCC is home for me, I'm very fortunate to – able to say that i enjoy going to work every day i've never not wanted to go to work because of the job so it's ultimately you know it's all you know god had a plan for me and it's all worked out so far
1: i'm glad you i'm glad you recognized coach um you know the the toll that it uh can take on us right because um you know i can even att- like you know this season i can attest to the fact that you know is most successful season we've had, i've had as a coach personally and the, the and the from a school um you know situation and there were times though at, i mean at the end of the season i could say like i, I had to reevaluate um not necessarily my priorities because one of the, the some of the best advice i've ever gotten as a young coach was you know make sure your your kids when you have kids they're involved with what you're doing and so i have three daughters and they were heavily involved in everything we've you know, we do. Um, But there was definitely even, you know, we're preparing for the, uh, you know, Catholic League prep bowl at Ford Field. And that Wednesday of that week, um, I don't want to call it a meltdown, but I definitely had a stressful moment <laughs> conversation with my wife and girls where I think, you know, um, and I think I had this conversation with coach Parker a couple of weeks ago, right on our, on that podcast, just the amount of ticket requests and questions and where's parking and just all this other stuff. And in my mind, I was just like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I just want to coach football. Like, what, why am I doing this to myself? You know what I mean? It's like my blood pressure is through the roof and I'm gaining weight and all this stuff. I'm like, what do I doing? So I'm going to, you know, th- at the end of the season, you're right. We always got to check ourselves and make sure our priorities are in check and um, you know, making sure we're, we have balance in our life and whatnot. So it's, I'm glad to hear you say that because, you know, I think there was a time and uh, historically, especially when it comes to men, you know, we, we're, we aren't allowed to, uh, or we weren't allowed to talk about that stuff and recognize like, Hey, something ain't right. You know, and we got to change. It was more of the, I got to be tough and grind it through, grind it out. Right. And, you know, family's going to be second, but that's definitely not the case.
2: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Coach Mac, I want to read some and I want to know what it means to you. Cause uh, when I was, when I did my quick Google search, the first thing that popped up and I'm going to tell you, it hit home to me. Don't rush the future. There is a process that seeds must go through in order to become all they are destined to become, and you must go through the same process to become the person you are meant to be and do the work you are meant to do. You may not want things to happen now, but more than likely, if you got what you wanted now, you wouldn't be ready. Yeah, what does that mean to you?
2: Like, that's those are
0: your words. (laughs) What What do they mean? What does that mean?
2: What it means to me, really, in a simple phrase, is to enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey. Um, you know, there's a lot. You know, a, a lot of young coaches that think like, "God, I can't wait till Friday nights." And it's like, well, I mean, I mean, like Monday through Thursday can be just as fun. You know, if you enjoy being around the kids and enjoy that process of taking that kid, maybe as a 15-year-old, and then seeing them graduate and just all the development. And you think about too is during the regular season, okay, if you're, a te- and I, I said this at a clinic uh, over the weekend, say you're a teacher in the building and the, and the coach, those kids spend more, more waking hours with you than their own parents. So you got to be able to enjoy the ride, enjoy the process. Because um, then I was, and honestly, you know, 10 years from now, although those kids are going to look back, they're not going to, you know, yeah, we want to win, but at the end of the day, they're not going to remember the scores. They're, you know, they might remember a win or a loss, but they're, they're going to remember whether or not you made a difference in their lives. You know, and the other thing is, you know, it kind of talks about how everybody, you know, especially young guys, are in a hurry. They all want to be head coaches. They all want to be coordinators. They all want to be at the college level, right? That's the dream, right? We want to see all the glamorous stuff, but, yeah. That's
0: what it's I was crazy. saying, Coach. Like, yeah. to me, like, when I read it, like, it really hit home to me. Like, like I'm a grown man now, but I could still – Appreciate that because sometimes, like life, it goes fast. It's going fast, right? Yep. And uh, and, and it, when I read this, it just it hit me like just don't rush it. Like enjoy. Like it's like Ferris Bueller or whatever. Like stop and smell the roses. You know, like yep. and it just it hit me. It really hit me hard, and I just appreciate it because sometimes I do that even myself, man. Like I just I just want to go. Rush, 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 man. But, you know, sometimes you just got to slow down and and appreciate the moment. And and I think that is a great testament to both you coaches and how you have to let the student athletes right now, these high school kids, because they're so caught up in, in, in the fast lane, you know. And I think it's part of your guys' job as mentors to tell them slow down and appreciate the process.
2: I've had fun, you know, there's been moments as when I was a head coach that were fun, but I've had just as many great memories being an assistant at St. Mary's or when I was down in Ohio and even on teams that were bad, maybe one, one game or two games, I have just as good of memories, but you know, it's, it's just being, it's being present, enjoying, you know, being where your feet are, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, coach, I, you know, I, I'm just gonna echo everything pretty much that you just said, you know, as a young coach, I think we always think about, you know, the end, right? Like look at, look at the state championship celebrations or look at league championship celebrations and whatnot, instead of, you know, like you said, just appreciate, you know, what you're doing in that moment and recognizing that. And I was just had a conversation with somebody tonight about also when I was a young coach, you know, I, I, I wanted to be that guy coaching at a division one high school or coaching college football. You know, I worked as a student assistant at Wayne state um, you know, in oh, 2004. And then I kind of realized like, yeah, you know what, gosh, I don't know if this is the life for me or not, you know, and that's, and that's okay. But it was as a younger coach, that was hard for me to grasp because it went against everything that I believed in about what my goals were and who, what I wanted to be and greatness and all that other stuff. And I made a comment tonight, like I'm at a, I'm at a coaching at a school right around 300 kids. And you know what, there's a chance I'm not leaving, <laughs> you know, they're like, why? And, it, and, it, and it's, and I think about the kids I work with every day, whether they're my best player or whether they're my, my 50th player doesn't matter. You know, it's in the moment they need what we provide. And hopefully we're providing a great experience for them. And I don't have to, you know, go, go to that next level. If it's, if it's not meant to be, you know, and I, I don't know if that's a sign of maturity or I'm getting older or what, but I mean, it comes I, with I mean, age, I think. <laughs> I think so.
2: Coach
0: Mac. What do you love about football? <laughs> like, why football. do you do it? Like, we're talking about this is kind, of, kind of getting a lifestyle. So what do you just love about football? What do, what keeps you going, being involved in football?
2: You know, definitely the relationships. I mean, that's definitely first and foremost. I think it's just the relationships, whether it be with the kids, the coaches, the. Pe- it's all about you know. At the end of the day, any sport and coaching and education really too, is it's about people, you know, yeah, it's fun. Is it fun it's game planning and putting together a plan and have, you know, having to come to fruition and the Friday night lights and all that it is, you know, that's all fun game. It's all fun too, but ultimately it comes down to people. All my friends, most of my friends are coaches. It's, it's even more rewarding now that, you know, I've been doing this now, I think, I don't know, 18 years now, 17, 18 years. And to see kids I coached, you know, get married and have families and become or get, go going to education or become coaches. That that's the awesome part. I mean, you just can't put a price tag on it.
1: You know, coach one, when people ask me that, that same question, I, I always talk about this Tom's brother uh, was on my coaching staff and he asked me to be the best man in his wedding. And he played football for me back in 2002 or 2003 You know what I mean? And and then so it's like, how awesome is it that now he and Tom, like they're they're a couple of my closest best friends and the relationship has continued and, you know, it's going to be like that for as long as I'm here. And that's like, that's pretty cool, too, I think, when when, you know, people don't realize and you could say this for all sports, but there's something different about football, but. You know, the relationships, I, I just had a conversation last night actually with a former player, you know, and I was an assistant coach at, at the school and, uh, you know, he called me and asked me if I could be his reference for something and like, you know, the, and I was talking to him, the relationships, like whether I ta- haven't talked to you in a year or not, like they're, they're for life. You know, yeah. it's gonna be like that for as long as we're here. Like it doesn't, it doesn't change anything. No, you're one of my players, and um, that's pretty special. Um, and that's that's pretty powerful when you think about it. Absolutely, yeah.
0: I'm thinking uh, we should talk some more scheme stuff. You guys want to get into some more X's and O's? You guys want to break something down here real quick? Uh- some
1: Coach Mac, I, I got to tell you, Tom and I, when we were talking before the show, he's like, you know what, like, let's talk, how, how are we going to stop this power T stuff? Or how would you do it? <laughs> sure, or maybe, yeah. or maybe Coach Mac, you know, wanted to get into the conversation, how, well, you know, your philosophy in, on stopping the spread offense and kind of the things that we do, that'd be, uh, I think that'd be fun. So Tom, I'll let you fire away with, to get this thing going.
0: Well, I'm asking, I know like just <laughs> from my own personal experience, when you get into some of those, uh, uh, different style of offense, and I had like like the wing tee and and so I like this power T. That, that's a lot of stuff. It's all the the, the fakes, you know. And it's it's hard to it's hard to defend. Like I I played uh, linebacker when I was in high school, and man, I love playing. I love hitting people. But when you're dealing with one of those tricky offenses and you don't know where the ball is, it's hard to do. But it would you call Uh, like those type of offense gimmicky and, and how how successful can you really be? Because once you get to a certain level, when when it's just athletes, you know, when, when there's defenses that, you know, you're playing some of these big boys, you know, uh, they, they just, they just hit everybody. So like with your style of offense, how can you maintain success when you get to that higher level of, of, of playing against a defense that is, sure. is, can just run you over.
2: I mean, it really comes down to, and this sounds cliche, but it's, it's because we focus on those little details and harp on them from day one. I mean, we want we're blocking that thigh board level. We are going to carry out our fakes 20 yards. We're our quarterback's eyes are going to be d- looking at something different on every play when he's carrying out fakes, just those little things. You know, it could be, and, you know, and then, like I was saying earlier, we stopwatch our plays. The little Like, we expect our tra- fullback trap play to break the line of scrimmage in .98 seconds. People, you know, when I talk about that, people are like, why .98? Well, if he can break the line of scrimmage in .98 seconds, he's going to get three yards. Just, but I guess what I'm, you know, rambling a little bit here, but just focus on those little details. Because in high school football, it, it does it does matter. And focusing on the discipline too, we have multiple snap count. We're going to try to do those little things better than everyone else. And the other reason too is is we want to be different. We're a D7 school that plays in a league with D5 through D, Division three schools. We want to be different by design. Because too, if we execute our offense and do what we do, we believe that a team can't replicate it in a week.
0: So I just want to say, so how do you, cause you have to scheme against some of these types of offenses. So how do you, how do you coach your team defensively against these tricky off- offenses?
1: Yeah. You know, you made the comment um, or you asked coach the question about, you know, how, how does it work against, you know, the higher echelon teams and the, and the defenses that are just going to get after it run you over. I, you know, I'm waiting for, um, you know, more college football teams even to to run similar schemes, uh, power T or the flex bone, kind of like Paul Johnson did at Navy and Georgia Tech, because I'm waiting for a big school program to do something like that and go back to that because they're going to have a ton of success doing it for many reasons. It's a great offense. And, you know, defenses we don't see that every week. Right. And so, you know, you're then going to ask our defense in the span of, you know, two and a half, three days to pretty much be an expert on how we're going to stop this. It's quite a challenge and it's not easy. I mean, like coach mentioned earlier about, you know, he wants to stay on schedule. I think there's, you got to find a way to get them off schedule, whether it be a tackle for a loss, which is near impossible. Um, you know, or ideally a penalty or something like that, right. Get them off schedule to get them in a throwing situation, which is probably, I think coach would admit, not what you want to do. I mean, third and long in any offense is an ideal, but especially in an offense that um, would rather not throw the ball, um, that's you know that's a challenge for them the other part that comes down to it is you you got to have your kids you know be disciplined and play assignment football right they they need to know their job and know you know where they're fitting in the run game and what their gap responsibility is and stay disciplined to that and that's Going back to what, you know, we're talking about high school age kids, right? That's not easy to do for four quarters, especially if guys play both ways. And it's not easy to do in the fourth quarter, you know, because guys get tired. So it's definitely a challenge. And then the other part to it is um, look at it like I'm a big believer that both offense and defense go hand in hand um, and, and sometimes the way you call a game. And so it's very important. I mean, not to turn the ball over anyway, but you definitely don't you know, you need to limit your turnovers and win the turnover battle going against an offense like that, because you know, they're going to hold on to the ball and you know, they're going to grind out the clock. And sometimes it's like a slow death, especially when you're in that situation where there's like, there's nothing we can do. Uh, It's a, I mean, it's a challenge. You're asking a lot of your kids and there's a reason coach and and similar offenses have a lot of success doing it. And a lot of high schools have success doing it because it's not, it's not easy. And at the end of every football season, right. I mean, you know, I'm a big believer that any scheme can be good. Like if it's done right, they can be successful, right? But there's a reason why offenses like this and similar are always at Ford field or are always at the final four um, because it's, it's a great offense. So, Coach
0: Mack, what would you do or is there a situation where you've been in where you had a, a superstar quarterback with a big arm who wants to throw the ball you really can't even incorporate that into your, I mean, you can I I, obviously you can, but so how, how do you do that though? Is there a situation where you have come across where you, you got a quarterback who's coming up through the ranks and he's got an arm and he wants to throw the ball and he's really good at it, but this offense is going to, your style of offense is going to limit him. Is there, have you been in a situation like that? (laughs)
2: <laughs> so there's a common misconception that this that all quarterbacks do is hand off in this offense and carry out fakes, yeah, right on yeah. good years we'll have quarterbacks that can throw that will throw for anywhere from 600 to 900 yards we and we'll have and they can and they'll also rush for six 700 it is really for it i mean if we have a dual threat quarterback it makes this offense better well, we can do some things. We can motion backs out to have a sprint out passing game off of various backfield actions. We can, we have they' They really look, I mean, to the, you know, to the fan, they look like play action because of the backfield action, but really they are drop. They're nothing more than drop back passes. If you look at the route schemes, we're not, we're just not having our quarterback take a true five step drop under from under center but the timing of the routes are really five step passing game routes. So I mean there is little things we can do. And then we can also formationally, we can split a, t- a you know a tight end out. We can do a t- you know a twins look. I mean or a pro set. There's different things we can do if we have that special kid. Yeah, it's a big misconception as as kids think. You know, I think kids especially think like oh, you know, all I'm going to do is hand off. No. It's we will take advantage of talent. I've yet to meet a coach that's going to not to uh, not take advantage of talent despite someone
1: yeah you know I get that I've gotten that question too and a little bit different um from a spread offense perspective right so like you know what do you because we we don't have a tight end or a fullback in our offense well what if you do if you if you get that kid who is a surefire you know tight end or a sniffer type guy or a fullback well like our job you know we talk about what our job is as coaches right you know we are develop them as people and Uh and all that but ultimately on Friday night we're paid to win the game right well (laughs) we'll utilize them the best way we can to win the game right Right. I mean we're I mean I know everybody thinks it's everybody that's sitting in row 30 thinks we're crazy don't know what we're doing but you know we we do a little bit and (laughs) you do do what you got to do to win games you know so we might honestly we might be in that situation a couple years from now. Um, we got a big junior class that we're going to graduate um, in a couple of years, and we might be in that situation where we might have to change up a little bit. So got to do what you got to do to win the game. Yep.
0: Absolutely. We can talk football all day long. Uh, I think we're getting up against it here a bit. Um, is there anything you guys want to touch on real quick before
1: we – Well, before, I always, we have, the, uh, I always yeah, have the, yeah, the final question. So, yeah. Coach, uh, this is a great chat, man. I'm glad – you know, we, we've talked a little bit briefly, but this is really the first time we've got to talk ball with each other. So I appreciate you coming on and the opportunity to, uh, to have you here. Um, You know, we, we finish up the podcast. I I like to ask coaches, like, is there a special uh, tradition um, that you, you do it, you know, St. Mary's Catholic Central or anywhere that you're, that you're proud of you think is really cool or unique to you and your situation that um, you could share with us uh, to end our show.
2: So I'll, do, I'll talk about one thing. I did at Dundee, and then we haven't been able to do it at SMCC because, you know, the last two years with the COVID restrictions and you can only have this many people in a room, six feet apart, all that. But at Dundee, what we did is at some night, I think it really contributed to our success was on Thursday nights. Obviously, we're done after pregame practice. It was just our varsity, and we had what we called our family meeting. It was me and being our assistants and our varsity only. All the cell phones were put in a box and we talked uh, the top. We had a different theme every week and it was never about football. Never once did we talk about football. And I always tried to make sure I was always going to be the one that go first on the very first meeting of the year. And I'd share my story. I tell my background and, uh, you know, I had to give be vulnerable because that's how you see how kids are going to know that you're authentic and you're genuine. And once that, you know, the, whoever, you know, the leader program begins to show, you know, hey, I'm a human being, I'm vulnerable. And, you know, I've had challenges too. You'll see it come out in those kids and they'll, you'll see kids support each other. I mean, we've had kids that have talked about, you know, abuse in their lives and addictions and all that. And, but they come together because of it, because they see that, you know, they know that they're not alone finally and they finally feel like they belong to something. And for some, and you know, this coach, said, kids these days have a lot more to deal with than we did. It's, and especially, you know, once we're past this pandemic, we're gonna have a whole new set of challenges. We already, you know, we're already fighting it, but mental health wise, we're gonna be fighting a whole new challenge. Um, those family meetings where we had a to- you know topic every week, I thought that was something special. And it really did bring us together.
1: I like that. We, we, uh, I hope you know I'm stealing that because I really, I yeah, think that's really, fine. I think that's really cool. So at the beginning of the year, we, you know, we have kind of a get together and I have the kids, um, talk about a hero in their life, a hardship yep. in their life, you know, and a highlight of their John life. And so he's the man, love it. Yep. And, and uh, so that's something cool, coach. I'm definitely going to steal and try to try to adapt throughout the season. So
2: this was nothing more than it was a half hour out of the day. And and that was my, my, that was my thing was, you know what? I'll give up 30 minutes of on-field time because it'll, if it brings kids together, if it's going to pick up a kid and change a kid's life, then so be it. Like I gotta say, ladies and gentlemen,
0: what a great way to end this show. Uh, coach Mac. thank you so much.
2: It, like. Oh. like what a great oh, thank conversation, you guys. Man. This is fun. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Absolutely, uh, Coach Barnes, we did it again, buddy.
1: Another great one. <laughs> Another great one. We have a, a high, we have a thing. high standard, and so we uh, we want to keep it there. And yeah, Coach Mac, sure. Coach Mac, you checked off a lot of boxes. So thanks again. Sure did. Oh, thanks, guys.
2: And like Dang. I said, there's anything I can do for you guys. Feel free to reach out
1: coach what's your coach what's your uh twitter handle um and yeah. so we can share that with the listeners sure. as well
2: I'll, I'll type in this chat box here there you go
1: excellent so it's at coach McElvany. coach yep. m-c-e-l-v-a-n-y yep and we are for our show is at inside the office and i am at coach barnes 20 for, for the listeners so feel free to reach out to coach mac or myself for the show and Hit us up with some questions and, uh, you know, potential topic ideas going forward. And Coach Mac, thanks again. That was awesome. Oh,
2: hey, thanks, Suzanne. guys. Like I said, anything you guys need, feel free to reach out, okay?
1: Nothing better than sitting around talking football.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for Coach Barnes and Coach Mac, my name is Tom Murphy, Jr. And this has been another episode of Inside the Coach's Office. We will talk again next week. I cannot wait to see what we're going to come up with, Coach Barnes. It's going to be another doozy.